0: At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. podcast the podcast for cryptids and their keepers that's us and if you're listening it's you too i'm alex flanagan and i'm addison peacock and we're back at you with the normal flavor this week Uh, Thank you so much to everybody who has shared your very, very kind responses to our 100th episode, Spectacular. It was quite a bit of a thing, and uh, I'm really, really happy that everybody liked it. It was kind of just like a weird sort of fever dream of a project that I threw together in way too short a period of time. Um, And so I am very appreciative that you all have been so so nice to us about it, because I went and I did re-listen to it um several days after it released and boy howdy was that an irritating experience (laughs) it was such a frustrating episode to listen to and i'm just very grateful that people didn't quit in the first 15 minutes (laughs) look
1: we're just out here doing our best doing what we can
0: oh no i mean like it was exactly what i was going for when i recorded it but listening to it as an audience member and not being a person like just doing it was was frankly infuriating i'm amazed i have any twitter followers left
1: side note before we get into the uh, the creature for today or just the the topic for today i should say just want to let everyone know including you alex live on the air that i officially have my tickets to see detective pikachu tomorrow oh dunk I am very excited. It's not, look, Pokemon are not cryptids, yes, but many cryptids we've covered on the show uh, inspired Pokemon that were Mm -hmm. designed, so it feels acceptable just for me to let the people know that I'll be spending my time with everybody's favorite electric rat tomorrow, and I'm just very excited to see him solve crimes. Electric
0: rat does sound like a punk band name.
1: It is. No, it's not, but it might be. Search on MySpace. It'll probably come up.
0: Probably. Let me just go real quick to electricrat.bandcamp.com. Oh, my God. Well, Alex. Hang on. It's loading. Oh, it's not anything. It just took me to like the Bandcamp page. Let me see. That's pretty rude. Electric Rat. Do they come up anywhere? There's a track. There are several tracks titled Electric Rat. I do not know if any of them are about Pikachu. They should be. Yeah, they ought to be. No, no artists named Electric Rat though.
1: It's pretty rude. Weird. Also, I don't know if you saw the headline that they want to make like a *Stars Born* movie about live action Jigglypuff. I did but see I, that, and that's very good. Oh I no! Wanted, what?
0: <laughs> I just Google searched Electric Rat to see if any bands came up, and it's all Electric Rat traps.
1: No! I don't like that. Unless it's a trap for an electric rat that then you keep safe as a pet. Now,
0: that's interesting. Um, I also <laughs> searched electric rat band and it's still just electric rat traps. So I guess the name electric rat is open? So you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Cryptid Keeper listeners get an exclusive heads up on like this unreleased band name. Um, so claim it. Claim it fast. Get that URL
1: in your pocket. If you would like to... Uh start a band, start, like, a garage band, and just make sure to credit us, you know? Do you remember when, um,
0: and I hope I'm not revealing too much about myself here, Mm -hmm. do you remember when Wizard
1: Rock was a thing? I do. Do you also know that there was Time Lord Rock was also a thing? Doctor Who rock bands were a thing?
0: That doesn't shock me. But I, I don't think, I
1: don't know of
0: Pokemon rock ever being a thing, and I think this might be the time.
1: Yeah, let's do it. I think the age is right before it. Full disclosure, I did really enjoy, I still know it on my guitar, a uh, a song called Blink inspired by the episode of the same title that was written by Charlie McDonnell, Charlie is so cool like on YouTube, who as far as I know now just makes like fun science videos, which like good for him. Uh, But there was a period of time where he was writing rock songs about Doctor Who. (laughs) Very good and I did I, I won't sing it but I did used to play that song on the guitar uh, also while we're talking about bands and revealing embarrassing secrets of our past I do feel like because this secret lives in me and I just bumped the wall with my elbow for just I was gesticulating too hard if you heard that sorry um, but for a period of my life when I was in from about 7th to the end of 8th grade I was the lead singer the front man if you will of a band called Paper Helmet that did primarily covers of Incubus <laughs> for Fighting Ozzy Osbourne and Pat Benatar wow what a mix the Pat Benatar was my idea I also insisted that we perform covers of uh, Paramore's Crush 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 and Misery Business oh no only exception it wasn't out yet ah. didn't exist yet can't cover a song that's not out that would do it no, I don't think that came out until after the band had woefully dissolved. Another fun fact about Paper Helmet, another little behind the music for you all on Paper Helmet the band, is that we had, in the course of its existence, two separate bass players, both named Warren. Now that is wild. Our first bass player Our first bass player named Warren left because he didn't like the direction the band was going in. And then we he was replaced by a, a quieter, a gentler Warren.
0: I honestly, I applaud any Seventh grader who has the vision and artistic integrity to say, "I don't like where this band is going."
1: No, he was in ninth grade. Oh, I was the youngest. Our drummer was my was an eighth grader from my school, and then our guitarist and our bassist were two of his friends who were in ninth grade. I was the wunderkind hmm. a wee seventh grader come to be the lead singer and frontman. We did a talent show, and we sang Times Like These by Five for Fighting, and we lost to a little girl doing ballet. Anyway, uh, so you want to talk about ghosts? Oh, is that what we're talking about? I brought more ghosts today. Hi. Yes. I do enjoy when you bring ghosts. Um, Thank And not you. just the
0: ghosts of your past.
1: <laughs> Boom. Transitioned. <laughs> brought it all together. So uh, honestly, speaking of bands, I don't know if there's a better way to introduce the subject than with a song. Oh. Lady in red is dancing with me. I don't know the rest of the song. I only know it from like <laughs> being a needle drop in various movies and TV shows. But ladies in red. We did women in white. There's another subgenre, subgenre, subtype of ghosts that is specifically a lady in a specific kind of colored clothing, Uh and that is ladies in red.
0: Well, there you go.
1: This whole journey was sparked by the realization that there is a ghost from one of my old, the campus of one of my old colleges. I say one of because I went to two colleges. I was a transfer student. What's up? But my first undergrad, I went to, I don't mind calling it out by name, Illinois Wesleyan University. And Mm -hmm. the thing about Illinois Wesleyan is I already knew that the campus was supposedly haunted. I've talked about it on the show before. I've talked about it on live streams. I lived in a haunted dorm. But- Unbeknownst to me, the whole time I was there, one of the academic buildings was supposedly haunted by a lady in red. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's a building on Illinois Wesleyan campus called Kemp Hall, and if you go to the Wikipedia page for Lady in Red, and you, like, one of the listed cases is a lady in red is said to haunt Illinois Wesleyan University's Kemp Hall. A lot of the buildings on the campus of this, I knew this before, were previously owned by this wealthy family um, named the Demange family, and that's, like, why there's this idea that it's a very haunted campus, Mm -hmm. but... Apparently, the it, that particular one used to be the actual—this building used to be the actual house, like the residence, and the matriarch of the family died after a year in the house. Her reflection is reportedly seen on certain evenings in a full-length mirror off the top steps of the second floor where she is preparing herself for a grand ball in a red dress. So... That made me very excited because I have been in that building. I have been in front of that mirror. I have never seen her there, but I maybe just didn't. It wasn't any certain evening. I, too, have been that ghost. (laughs) Oh, Alex. No, please. No, nothing. Nothing. Okay. (laughs) You've been a ghost in a red dress preparing for a grand ball in the house where you died. I'm sorry. I
0: thought that was a more relatable experience than it was.
1: (sighs) No, I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) You don't see any relatable Instagram comedy about that. You know how Instagram videos are like boyfriends be like, or like when your girlfriend looks at your phone um, or something like that. There are a lot of them are about infidelity. I don't know why.
0: That's like more, that's still more lighthearted than what I was thinking, which is just because my brain is in this direction right now, which is how like every time a bad thing happens and like women and women adjacent people everywhere have to be like, yeah, guess what? I also share this traumatic experience. Oh, you're right.
1: Um. Oh, did you mean the thing that's happening right now? I did, yeah. And
0: also, like, I don't know, two weeks from... You could listen to this episode anytime in the next 60 years, and it will probably still be relevant. Mm-hmm. Just like... Like, that bit of humor will not stop being relevant. Like, you can always say, yeah, last week, and it will mean something.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, remember when that horrible thing happened last week um, to people yep, with sure uteruses, do. uteri? And then everyone will go, yeah. And that'll be, that'll be what that is. Anyway... One of the reasons I wanted to talk about ladies in red uh, and sort of contrast it with women in white is it's just a fun continuation of a theme for me. And I'm probably going to cover every color of, of like ghost outfit along the line at some point because you might or might not know there is there are probably about five different common varieties like with at least 12 different examples of like female or female assumed ghosts. Wearing or sort of emanating specific colors, there are ladies in gray. There are women in there are green ladies, and then there are white, red, and black, like uh, in all of those clothing colors. And those all seem to have different significances. And I definitely want to cover them all at different points. But the red versus the white, specifically, was something I wanted and to. And when you get them
0: all together and combine their powers, you get the
1: Infinity Ghost. Yeah. So. And that's a movie I'd like to watch. So, obviously, red as a color means a lot of different things in a lot of different cultures. Um, In China, I know, it's like a color of good luck. Um, In some countries, it's, like, represents prosperity. uh, And in particularly, so I'm coming at this from a Western perspective because most of these ghost stories are specifically in, like, United States, Canada, and then, like, the UK, Ireland, Scotland area. And in those cultures, red carries this sort of It's this color of, like, passion and maybe it's anger. But when you dress a woman in it, a lot of the time the presumption is, like, sexuality. There's actually a study showing that men who saw pictures of a woman in a red dress versus other colors of dress perceived her to be more sexually available. And there is something to be said for our presumptions about the color red. So whereas the woman in white is, like... For lack of a better term, this, like, pure virginal, like, tragic figure, there's often this assumption coming along with red ladies that they were, like, involved in some sort of, like, infidelity or they were, like, it was in a fit of passion, something, like, something torrid was going on. And I wanted to focus on that because I think that often we don't care about those women's stories as much. But because of the associations of the color red on uh, women and specifically like the way that we tend to talk about stories of women who we associate with like sexuality and like kind of torrid affairs and all that stuff, I I wanted to give space to talk about the stories and also give them the respect that they deserve. Also, speaking of that, a lot of these stories that I am covering today use a word that refers to a sex worker that I am not going to use because I know that it has some very not-so-great connotations and is just generally dehumanizing and not great. So I will be using the phrase sex worker. It is not written on these sources, but I am not going to use the word that they use. Okay, fair enough. So just if you hear me do that, know that for the most part I'm editorializing. But you find a lot of these ghosts, particularly where you see, like, women in white or, like, in graveyards or, like, on roads, a lot of the ladies in red are connected to specific buildings. They're connected to hotels, to theaters, to mansions. And... There's this association of them with like being actresses or like jilted lovers or like particularly there's a whole kind of sub category of ladies in red that were um, the ghosts of sex workers in like wild west towns. And I just want to talk about some of them. That's pretty much the whole thing. I think I I like. I care about ghost ladies and alive ladies, but also I like to talk about ghost ladies, and I want to talk about ladies in red. So that's my introduction. Let's go. Love it. I'm here for it. So I want to hop over to on TravelNevada.com. Sydney Martinez, in August of 2014, wrote a piece called An Evening with the Lady in Red. And it sounds like maybe the start to some erotic fiction, but it is not. It is... About a uh, sort of ghost hunting expedition at the Mizpah Hotel, which is near Mount Jefferson. And basically, Sydney Martinez, she decided she wanted to stay in the hotel and do like kind of an EVP test and just sort of see if she could spot the lady in red that supposedly haunts the hotel. She lives on the 5th. I shouldn't say lives, is that? What's the term? Dwells? Uh, Yeah, I think dwells. Resides. She Resides. On the inhabits. fifth, she inhabits the fifth floor of this hotel. Um, I'm assuming Mizpa is the pronunciation. It's spelled M-I-Z-P-A-H. But she was um, during the sort of Wild West era of this area. She was a sex worker who ran her personal business affairs out of the fifth floor of this hotel, and she was attacked by a jealous ex lover and died outside of her suite and now she resides in the hotel so apparently the room that used to be her suite has been split into three rooms 504 503 and 502 they actually have a themed room at the hotel which is 504 but it's not the haunted room (laughs) oh okay the themed room decorated like kind of in homage to her is 504 but the room that people see her in is 502 i don't know if that's maybe closest to where she supposedly died or what happened there specifically, but I'm going to read a little bit from Sydney's description of staying in the hotel room and just sort of what that area is like. So, the owners have dexterously mastered the renovations, but tons of authentic factors still remain, including the 107-year-old elevator. Upon its original installation, it was the first elevator west of the Mississippi, which old elevators are very evocative and very spooky to me
0: oh they're so terrifying there is Mm -hmm. one or used to be one in the west virginia state capitol that is just horrifying i don't like yeah it's still very much in service you're supposed to use it and it's (laughs) real wild but do you alex do you use it oh no i've i've used it several times um every single time it's bad (laughs) did a ghost whisper in your ear while you were on the elevator No, but uh, I was more preoccupied at the time with the concern that I might myself soon be
1: one. (laughs) (laughs) This is fair and understandable. So, Miss Red, that's how Sydney refers to uh, our our ghost lady here in the article, has been rumored to target individual male passengers in the elevator, whispering, Hey, you, into the ear of its passengers. So, men, take note. It says, oddly enough, the fifth floor button had already been pressed before I could select it on my own. Spooky much? Which I love. Well, oh, that's helpful, though. I like that. Oh, helpful ghost! This is written from the perspective of a non-believer too, which I always enjoy to get like a skeptic kind of reveling in the potential for spookiness while not really looking for confirmation of there being a ghost. Uh, also, I really I want to know the tone of the "Hey you" because I don't know if it's meant to be like, "Are you the guy that murdered me?" or is it meant to be like, "Hey, are you looking for a party?" Like, I don't know what the tone of that hey you is. And it it's I really wish I could gauge the like attitude of the ghost in the elevator because that's either going to um, be I think like it's
0: the exact same tone of the person who slides into your inbox to sell you Beachbody.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, girl. It's, hey, you. Well, I've got you on this elevator. <laughs> and if a woman's alone in the elevator, she says, hey, girl. Hey, girl. I've been a rep with Beachbody for about 12 months now, and I would really love you to join my team. So I love your vibe. <laughs> So, this is also, this hotel is on the Historic Hotels of America list. It is this big, beautiful hotel. There's all these pictures in the article. If you want to look it up, it's on TravelNevada.com. She actually says in the article, she says, Despite my original plans, was I going to use my handy-dandy electromagnetic field detector app? Nope. Was I going to set my camera on a time-lapse mode throughout the night? Hard no. So not messing with things that should not be meddled with. And in the midst of a full moon to boot... So I promptly flipped the full-length mirror over to face the wall, slid into bed, and hoped for the best. The lights were on, and they were staying on. Oh. Yeah. Apparently, she got a great night's sleep. Uh, nothing happened with the lady in red, but she also didn't set up her ghost hunting equipment. So there's also that. So there is that. Um, yeah. And, uh... This is, I just, this was one of the first, like, little pieces that I found about the Lady in Red. And it's a nice, at the same time as talking about her and like, the story, it's also a very nice review of the hotel. (laughs) Like, it mentions, like, it's a very beautiful hotel. I got a really good night's sleep. There might be ghosts. I'm not sure. (laughs) Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's like, a nice little... And there's some very lovely pictures of this beautiful historic hotel. But one of my favorite things about Ladies in Red, and this is actually included on the Wikipedia entry for, like, the whole subcategory of Lady in Red, ghosts, Mm -hmm. is that they're generally regarded as being with a friendly disposition, which is nice considering since they're ghosts, they definitely didn't probably go out of this world in the most pleasant of Mm -hmm. ways. So you wouldn't expect them to be particularly friendly, but... Apparently, at least as far as the stories are concerned, they're pretty just, they're just kind of hanging out. And to be fair, a lot of these women in their lives were, like, party girls or, like, uh, like just these, like, kind of decadent old actresses and things like that. And I just like to imagine they carry that energy into the afterlife.
0: I like that very much.
1: Mm-hmm. I like a party ghost. I like the idea that if you go into this hotel room at the Mizpah, like, instead of seeing any, like, ghostly visions or hearing screeches in the night like the minibar opens and like the little bottles float out and a voice is like want to have a party <laughs> oh very good like a cocktail is mixing itself in the corner very good and that's what i like so i would like to talk about a, another a slightly spookier red lady i'm hopping over to leapcastle.net the Darby's. First, for some context, Jonathan Darby II was a Cromwellian soldier who obtained Leap Castle in 1649. Jonathan third was married in 1693 to Anna Maria d'Aster. And then there's a lot of other context historically for the castle. I don't know if we really care about the family tree of the Darby family, so I'm just going to hop over. But starting from the Darby's and onward through the history of Leap Castle, it's, oh my God, it's pronounced lep. Sorry. It's pronounced lep. It's spelled leap. It's pronounced lep. It's in Ireland. This is an Irish castle and is haunted by a red lady. She's a very tall woman in a red dress. Now this one, after I just talked about how friendly a lot of the women in red are, this is a bit of contrast. She has been seen carrying a dagger in her hand raised in a menacing manner. But like a nice menacing. Right? <laughs> like a friendly menacing, like maybe the dagger's... Like, just like
0: a friendly menace, just like the kind of menace that you might give to a friend. She's going
1: to use that dagger to cut a birthday cake. (laughs) Um, A strange luminescence is said to emanate from within her. People encountering the spirit commented on a cold filling the room and permeating into their heart. Her whole backstory is supposed to be pretty terrible. Um, I'm not going to go into too many details just because it's pretty sad. But uh, without going into the sadness of the story here, she had a baby that either died or was killed by the baby's father because they couldn't afford to take care of it. And then she died. Oh, no. No, it's 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 rough. And I don't have a ton of firsthand encounters from like to go over while I talk about this episode. And so I wanted to hit this one right here, which is from a guest of the Darbys, who submitted their accounts to the occult review? I'm gonna try an Irish accent. Just uh, maybe alienate some people.
0: <laughs> oh, do it, 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 so, do it. So,
1: on the thirty-first of October, I went to my bedroom about eleven p.m. During the night, the time was eleven forty-five a.m., as I subsequently saw by my watch. I felt that I was awakened by somebody in the room. It was pitch dark, and at first I could see nothing. I was wide awake, with an extraordinary cold feeling in my heart that rapidly increased in intensity. Almost immediately I felt, as much as saw, that there was a tall figure in the middle of the room. My first impression was that O'Connell himself was there, as no other member of the household would correspond to the height. What is it? I asked. There was no answer, but now I could... It's going away, I don't know what this accent <laughs> second, is now. Take a second, take a second, no, yourself.
0: I, I will not listen to the rest uh-huh. of this if you don't do the accent. oh my god i will i will quit the discord call so you better find it and you better find it fast
1: i'm being i'm being held hostage on my own podcast it's reverse
0: hostage Um, i'm the one saying i will leave (laughs) (laughs)
1: it's a reverse hostage situation okay um uh okay accents and dialects class that i took last year let's go okay There was no answer, but now I could see dimly at first and with increasing distinctness that the tall figure was clothed from head to foot in red and with its right hand raised, menacingly in the air. To my utter astonishment I could see that the light which illuminated the figure was from within, having very much the effect of the dark lantern used in a photographer's room. As the figure advanced towards me the light increased and I could see distinctly that the form was that of a very tall woman. "'holding some sort of weapon, knife or dagger in her hand. "'What is it?' I asked again. Uh, "'Who is it?' That's nothing. <laughs> um, uh, "'When I cast my mind back to that summer of 1936, "'that was what they made us do our monologue in in class, oh, it's fine. Um, good. Uh, "'And then hurriedly struck a match and lit me candle. "'It doesn't say me, I'm sorry.' <laughs> I'm, I'm doing so much shame to my ancestors right now. This is really rough. As the flame of the match and candle illuminated the room, it looked all around. The room was empty note that the name o'connell was used by the author of the letter oh it's we're not in the letter anymore note that the name o'connell was used by the author (laughs) of the letter obviously to preserve the anonymity of the castle with mildred darby's wishes mildred darby makes mention of the spirit in her article on kilman castle the house of horror and now we're back to the accent okay um i'll do just a slightly higher pitched irish accent because now it's mildred okay good love it there's a tall dark woman (laughs) As in the historic scarlet silk dress that rustles, she haunts the blue room, which always used to be the nursery, and sobs at the foot of the children's beds. So there's a sad one. And she has a dagger. Not sure. There are some theories in the comments of this article, by the way. Mm-hmm. I also, I love to haunt, to haunt. I love to haunt and to hop to internet comments. We got 11 responses to the red lady here. All of them from very specifically irish names which makes me laugh like that's very good They're usernames but you got from bridget spelled b-r-i-g-i-t-t-e just wrote that is scary oh (laughs) but then misty is coming through with a personal theory here she says the woman had the knife in the nursery room this could mean she killed the baby herself for whatever reason i don't know
0: no it means she's teaching the baby
1: dope knife stunts <laughs> She's teaching the baby how to throw knives. It's an assassin baby, raised in a proud oh. tradition. <laughs> Do you mean The Small Assassin by Ray Bradbury? <laughs> a short story about a baby that murders people? <laughs> um, Nanette coming through says, Creepy. Any sort of knife freaks me out. <laughs> I agree with Misty. <laughs> they were deaf knives. Can't stand them. It doesn't make sense. Besides, cold suddenly entering your heart? Freaky. <laughs> Uh, You've got two comments from Genevieve. Uh, You've got, OMG, the O'Carroll killed the kid? Question mark one one. And then they added and said, I'm sorry. I meant question mark, uh, exclamation point, exclamation point, not question mark one one. Now, you've got some really good, like, theories going on. You've got, this is Kade, which I don't know if that's a name or a phrase. I don't know. But who wrote this comment at 3.48 a.m.? I mean, yeah. (laughs) They were up. They were up late thinking about ghosts. Addressing what Misty said, it's entirely possible that the lady killed the baby herself, having felt deep sorrow and anger toward it, which is rather common nowadays even. So, I wouldn't be surprised if she'd killed her own baby and now perhaps regrets it that she sobs at the foot of the children's bed, resembling how she misses the kid. Or, with lots of O's. Or, Carol killed the baby, not because they had no money, of course, but because his heartless self didn't want anything to do with the baby. <laughs> Just like a lot of really hot takes. Yeah, that's a lot of presuming. Dina Bryant, I'm not going to read the whole comment, but also, Dina Bryant says, I keep getting the sense of her dabbling in the black arts. I don't know where she gets that but i believe she was one of the o'carols i don't know why i'm getting the feeling sense i keep sensing her and the elemental are one in the same i have had lots of dreams over the years the main dream is this i dream of two girls in long nightgowns one has long hair i'm just skipping the, the accent's gone one has long dark hair and a ribbon uh in her hair the other girl has strawberry blonde hair i believe they must have been in the early part of the 20th century they are in the bedroom. Asleep, but both awake to a crawling noise outside the door. Stops and try to get back to sleep. In the darkness, a red light emanates from the bottom of the door and growling. The girls sit up in bed. The night lamps don't work. The darker-haired girl bravely gets out of bed and dashes to put on the main light switch. The other girl joins her. Then they open the door into a corridor where at one end is a reddish mist. The mist takes solid form, becoming the red lady. Very tall, black hair, the dagger has strange greenish light surrounding it. The lady smirks in a twisted manner and slowly comes closer. then she loses shape becoming mist once more. The mist solidifies becoming something that is bones and fur. It's weird but it's like a congealed mess of long hair and bones, no more than mid-thigh length. The girls cover their lower faces complaining of the smell of rotten eggs. They dash back into their bedroom locking the door. For an hour, a grunting growling noise was outside um, resides outside. Strangely toward the end, that noise changes into female laughter. Weird dream of mine. That's my werewife. Oh, my God. Dina, are you okay? (laughs) That's a really intense, like... And they say it like it's a recurring dream, too, which makes me nervous. Yeah, I know. I love just, like... I have this dream sometimes where... Where these girls are sleeping, and there's a red mist, and it turns into a red lady with with a knife, and then she turns into a mound of bones and fur, and then she laughs outside the door all night. Anyway, just a weird thing.
0: Anyway, just, like, a thing that happens to me sometimes. I'm sure it's nothing.
1: You've got Alistair who comes in 2016 about visiting the castle says visited uh, i don't understand what's happening with this abbreviation here visited y day this is spelled y apostrophe d-a-y with my gf and while seeing nothing yesterday the, yesterday oh they i'm why didn't they addison addison I kind of thought it was some sort of fun Irish expression. Oh,
0: I don't... I mean, I don't think so.
1: But it's... Okay, whatever. They visited Y'day with with their GF and saw nothing out of the ordinary indoors. I did notice out of the corner of my eye a figure in the left archway as one looks toward the main building. It was a blink-and-you'd-miss-it moment. While I reckoned the color was more orange than red, I'm now wondering if, other than a trick of the light, I saw this lady. No knife held up or anything like that that I could perceive. Completely possible it was my imagination. However, I hadn't been thinking of ghosts or similar at all. Side note, my phone battery drained very fast when indoors, but I'm 100% sure that's a result of trying to continually use it to get a signal, which is blocked due to the castle's thick walls. Just a reminder that not everything strange which happens is, in fact, unexplainable. There's also one more. I won't read all the comments on this. There's just one more I want to cover. Okay. This is from Rose. On October 21st, 2016 at 4.47 (laughs) a.m. Just like some late night posting on the ghost blog. So this one is very sympathetic toward her. This one says, I think the red lady was out of her mind because she was scared and that she was getting blamed for something that she did not do. But everyone thought she did it because the real person who did it blackmailed her into saying that she did it because that person had something that belonged to her that she did not want anyone finding out about, which is totally unfair. That entire thing is one sentence with no punctuation.
0: And maybe she was just feeling really bad about the whole thing, Karen.
1: That one felt a little bit like they were bringing some personal baggage to the table. <laughs> maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, just maybe she was being tricked into saying she did something that she didn't do because her boyfriend had her favorite locket and wouldn't give it back to her unless she said that she did it. Just, you know, just saying maybe. So I've got a uh, first-person encounter from TrueGhostTales.com. Slash paranormal slash ghost lady in a red nightgown. Mm -hmm. This is from March 3rd, 2008. I won't read the entire thing verbatim. I will just sort of go through like the highlights here. But this person lives in an old haunted house over 100 years old that belonged to their great grandparents who traded a pickup truck for it in the early 1900s. So nice. You know, the old timey real estate market. My grandpa was born in what is now our dining room. It was left to my mother and I've lived in it my whole life. I'm 20 years old. So this was about 11 years ago. So this person, if they're still around, is now 31. I don't know why I decided to say that just for context, I guess. If it's you,
0: we're going to find you.
1: Are you thirty one years old and you live in a house that your great grandparents traded with a pit for a pickup truck? This could be you. <laughs> Did you write this in two thousand and eight? Call the number on the screen. I know my great grandmother's spirit is in that house. I feel her all the time, and she does little things to remind me that she is there. And I talk to her often, which is nice. I like that. Other than her, I've never seen another ghost. Now, it's nice. When I was in sixth grade, my mom met this man I do not like and within a few months ended up leaving me and my little brother for. This is a lot. After a few years, she moved back, bringing him with her because he had fathered her third child. The love of my life, he is five. So they like, at least they do not hold this against the half-child. Half-child? I meant to say half-sibling, and I said half-child. Half-child? Half-sibling. 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 I... I messed up. I did a linguistic crime. So, basically, they were having a really tough time in their whole life, and they were talking to the ghost grandmother about the troubles, right? Sure. So, one night, they got up to smoke and ran into... The, uh, like, stepfather, I don't know if they actually got married, but, like, the, the the man, like, the man that her mother was dating. Sure. And he, without me asking, told me something that had happened. He was asleep when he was awoken by a cold hand shaking him, telling him to wake up. He thought it was my mom, so he sat up all mad and said, What? And there beforehand stored a short little old lady with white hair in a red nightgown, telling him he had to leave. Now, the first (laughs) thought that came to my mind was my great-grandmother, but I've seen pictures, and she is in no way short or little, and she always had her hair colored. My five-year-old brother used to say that a lady in a red dress came to play with him, but other than that, no one else has seen her. Mom's boyfriend left that night and did not come back. I talked to my, grandma, my grandfather about this, and he said I had asked for her help, and I got it. I think that's one reason I feel so safe. If I ever do see the lady in red, I just hope she's as nice as my great-grandmother. This was written by Ashley. This is, you know, sometimes to counter the ghost with the knife, sometimes ghosts will drive your mom's terrible boyfriend out of your house. Sometimes, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky and you live in a haunted house and your mom has a terrible boyfriend you don't like. If you ask nice, this is why you treat your elders well. Mm-hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. because chances are they're gonna be vengeful ghosts before you are
1: (laughs) that's true and if you need a favor from them you better be ready to ask Mm -hmm. and you better make sure that you've curried some favor i think maybe if you need a favor from a little old lady ghost i feel like you should leave out an offering of like some very warm woolen socks and some werther's originals (laughs) yes please curry some good favor with her and then see what happens You never know. If you have a terrible boyfriend that you want to get rid of with a ghostly old woman... Yeah, seriously. Then maybe you too. Sorry, excuse me. I've got a lot of chaotic energy going on today. I'm sorry about it, but I'm also not too sorry about it. Apologize for nothing. Thank you. So I've got a couple other... I've got actually not just a couple, I have several other stories about ladies in red um i don't know if i'll get to all of them or not this will be like before where i get excited and prepare too many things and then i don't get to talk about all of them but that's fine i want to talk about a haunted hotel next this one's fun because it's in my neck of the woods ish not really it's like a six hour drive but it's in my state where i live now this is the palace hotel in san francisco we have another lady in red haunting a hotel the Palace Hotel in San Francisco, it's on the corner of Market and New Montgomery. It's been there since 1875. At the time of its construction, it was the largest, most, most luxurious hotel in the world. It has 755 rooms, 804 fireplace mantles, and had its own brick factory. Ooh. It's the oldest hotel in San Francisco. So that's also a really good way to gauge how haunted it might be.
0: Pretty heck darn haunted
1: truth it has several ghosts including a friendly poltergeist and a mysterious french girl who asks for soup in the hotel kitchen but that's not who i'm gonna talk to or talk about right now talk to oh my gosh oh my god imagine and they're here in the studio with me now whoa <laughs> but i will say actually just a quick aside about the two other two ghosts the french girl asks for soup in the kitchen and the friendly poltergeist likes to freak out people at the hotel bar by tapping them on the shoulder and then not being there when they turn around <laughs> which is fun Just, like, a fun little prank. Fun prank for friends. Like a fun party trick. The lady in red, particularly this one, brings me back to what I was talking about before. The red coded as, like, a seductress or, like, oh, I was going to say lady in red being, like, we associate red with, like, female sexuality. Some say, so so some people say she's a woman looking for revenge. Others have called her a succubus, which is a lot. I'm going to do an episode on incubi and succubi at some point. That one will have to come with a special warning because there's no way to do that episode without just talking about sex things. But here we go. Uh, Separately, not talking about that right now, but apparently she roams the hallways and walks through walls looking for businessmen traveling alone. Like, same. Yeah. No, so we don't know what happens to her victims, but when morning comes, they are found in their beds paralyzed with fear. I don't know if that means she does anything to anybody or if they just see a ghost and they do, like, the classic, like, Scooby-Doo style, like, ah, go ghost like, Shaggy. Um, um, do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Oh, yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean.
1: But anyway, that's the Lady in Red of the Palace Hotel of San Francisco, which you can read about on wildsftours.com. And sort of a more general idea of the, uh... The Lady in Red, and this is one I love. I think I even covered this article in my Lady or My Women in White episode. It's um pairing like these photography pieces with stories about spirit, female spirits. Um it's from Topic Magazine. It's called Something Wraith-like This Way Comes. And they have a specific entry on The Lady in Red that I like very much. And Talking about how it's common throughout Northern Europe, Canada, Canada, I almost said Canada, help, and the United States. Um, Now, this one, actually, I am not editing. This one actually uses the correct and respectful terminology of sex workers. So shout out to Topic Magazine. Um, But it says, a sex worker in life, the lady in red is often traditionally killed by a jealous lover or, like, an angry, like... Um, a jealous lover or like the angry wife of a client or something there's variations on the story sometimes her ghost appears holding a knife symbolic of her having committed suicide or attacked somebody with it but then as an undead being she continues to favor the color and i love this little element here and wanders through hotel rooms whispering in ears as people sleep or leaving pearls from the necklace her lover broke on their nightstands Oh, I don't know. that I haven't heard that one before, but I love that. A real life lady in red is said to be the ghost of Jenny Pearl Cox, a socialite in 1940s Vancouver, Canada, who died in 1944 in a car crash. Her ghost has been seen floating around the Fairmont Hotel Vancouver as recently as 2017 when a local named Scott Graham claimed to have captured her likeness on film. So in general, ladies in red are not violent ghosts. They are either vaguely sort of troublemakers or they are kind of rightfully vengeful uh, towards specifically the people who wronged them or they're just kind of friendly and hanging out. I like the one that's like, would you like a pearl? It's evidence of my of my tragic death, but also I left you a pearl.
0: But also it's a present.
1: <laughs> would you like a present? That's a memorial of my of my horrible death in this hotel. It's not funny. It's just the idea of being like, You wake up and it's like, oh, a gift. I do want to talk about the photograph. Um, I actually did find the photograph. It is not a very convincing photograph, but I do want to talk about it. Um, It's basically a blurry picture of the hotel from a distance. And in the window of the hotel, you can see a silhouette of someone wearing a red dress. It could be... A ghost? It could just be a woman in a red dress who is very much alive. (laughs) Or it could just be a mannequin, or it could be any person of any gender in a red dress hanging out... Could be anything. Hard to say. ...hanging out in the window of a hotel. But... It is, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the photograph, and I want to, like, there's a little bit more discussion about the ghost in the in this article. This is from mysteriousuniverse.org. Um, Nancy Hall, who's the regional director of public relations for this hotel, says, She really is quite an elegant ghost. The story goes that she used to come here for afternoon tea dances and was in a car accident on the corner of Bird and West Georgia, so she's been a resident of our hotel for many decades. I like to imagine she goes back and has her tea. That's what I like to imagine. They also serve a lady in red cocktail in her honor, which, if you ever want to make it, I guess, is uh, Southern Comfort, Grand Marnier, cranberry juice, and champagne. (laughs) So um, Scott Graham was working on the top floor of a nearby hotel across the street when he saw through the window a red figure on the upper floor of the hotel. And then he took the picture, posted it on Twitter, of course. And it went viral. Now, also, ho-ho-ho, ho-ho-ho, according to the staff of the hotel, the floor is currently closed for maintenance and empty. (laughs) (laughs) There shouldn't be anyone staying on that floor.
0: So, ghost.
1: So, so, ghost. Although the guy who took the photo says he doesn't believe in ghosts and it's probably a coincidence, but here we are. I'm going to choose to believe Scott, thank you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Scott sounds like an expert on this situation, so.
1: Oh, no, I don't, I'm believing even though he says it's probably not real. Oh,
0: okay, sorry.
1: I have another fun ghost story, though, about a haunted road. Hit me with it. Okay, thank you. This is also in San Francisco. Um, This is on McEwen Road um, in Port Costa in San Francisco. And there is, I mentioned that most of these haunt buildings, but there is one that haunts a road. And it is a lady in red who haunts the road between 12 a.m. and 4 a.m. She's a very, very specific ghost. She has a schedule and she sticks to it. And a couple general theories about the story. There are theories that she was... Uh, someone who died in a car accident. There's a theory that she worked at the Burlington Hotel when it was a functioning bordello. But there's a ghost story here written on LiveSciFiTV.com by Tim Wood. This is part of the article. It says, About 10 years ago, a close friend of mine had an experience with the lady in red after traveling home from a paranormal investigation we conducted at the Burlington Hotel coincidence, or maybe not a coincidence maybe followed out of the hotel by said ghost you get it she described driving down the winding road after a long period of time she believed that she had gotten lost after traveling down the road for over an hour she suddenly began to panic after a few moments of panic a lady appeared on the side of the road walking a dog she thought it would be a good idea to ask the lady how to get to the highway so she pulled her car up to the lady and started to roll down her window as she came to a complete stop and the lady turned around The lady in red appeared to be walking abnormally with her dog. I don't know what that means. My friend said, hello. However, the lady continued to walk her dog. My friend said she said hello three times before the lady turned around. On the third hello, the lady in red stopped, peered over to my friend in the car. As she began to turn her head, my friend began to notice the lady in red's eyes were glowing green. As soon as she saw, my friend slammed on the gas, and not more than two (laughs) minutes later, she was back to the highway. So... The distance from the start of McEwen Road to Port Costa is only three miles, yet it took her two hours to travel that distance. Where did the time go? So that's, that's fun. Um, Haunted roads, also time gaps, also tend to be associated with aliens, so mm, that's, do with that what you will. (laughs) Lost time is associated with aliens, glowing green eyes, if you want to have fun with that, please go ahead. But two hours? That's insane. Yeah, took two hours to travel three miles, you know, just like traffic in L.A., am I right, ladies? But yeah, um, that's McEwen Road near Port Costa. I have one more first-person ghost story left to share uh, before we wrap it up. That is coming from open.abc.net.au and written by Nigel Abbott. This is from 500 Words Experiences of the Unexplained called The Red Dress Woman. This person says they live next door to an old house renowned for being haunted. Says, I have a Jungian view of ghosts, which is if they do manifest, they probably reflect something in yourself. So I don't question my life's only ghost sighting. When I saw the red dress woman on Easter Sunday night in 2013, I'd heard the legend and always imagined a glamorous lady in pearls with the wind in her hair who haunted the mangroves at least a half a K away. It was around 9 p.m. I was driving home and decided to, or indicated to make a right-hand turn into our driveway, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. As I approached, I saw a lady standing right beside it, lit by the single nearby streetlight. Now, there's a veranda across the road where visiting country people like to sleep, and sometimes they're intoxicated, so I thought, better be careful, and slowed down. She was initially visible through my driver's side window, and as I turned, my view of her swung to the front windscreen. She was about 45, with brown hair, wearing a crushed, a red, crushed cotton, ankle-length maxi dress. We made eye contact. As I passed, my view of her slid back around from front to side window, and she disappeared. When I got to the end of the driveway, I thought, that was impossible. I jumped out and sprinted to the gate. There was not a soul in sight. No one in the street, nowhere she could possibly hide. She'd just vanished into thin air. Then I remembered what she was wearing. The red dress. A thought leapt into my brain. That was the red dress woman. No glamour, no pearls, nothing romantic about her. Just a plain woman in an unironed red cotton dress. Then I remembered the look she'd given me through the windscreen. It was a sinister look, a knowing look, probing into my soul, a look that said, Who the hell are you? And that's, that's the lady in red.
0: Hey, sorry, I literally just got to the end of that story, and it was very disjointed.
1: I'm so sorry. It's okay. I caught most of it. So, for those of you who don't know, I moved into a new apartment, and the internet is not great in my recording space in my new apartment, and it's been kind of a rough go lately, and I'm trying to figure out a way to fix it. It's okay. We're
0: working on it. I mean, the important part is, like, all of the audio is coming through on your end, so they're getting the whole story.
1: I know. I just want to do a good job. This was a little bit of a disjointed episode, a little bit scattered. I don't think I was really on top of my game here today, but I love talking about ghosts. I mean, I
0: found all the information really fascinating, and I, I wish I could have heard more of it.
1: That's fair. And I also really love talking about, um, like, color theory. Specifically, I had to take a costuming class in college, and one of my favorite things was talking about how costume designers use color as a shorthand to tell the audience about a character. And one of the specific things that we talked about, which is all I was thinking about while I was researching this, is if a costume costume designer puts a woman in a red dress, at least from a European and, like, American perspective, like, Northern European and American perspective, you're saying generally that she is, like, really, like— it's like virile and like vivid and either like a villain or just like overtly like a woman who's in touch with her sexuality. And I think it's very interesting what we associate with different characters, particular characters' colors, particularly when women are wearing them. So that this is part two of my ongoing series on ghost ladies in different colors. I love it. again, cannot wait to collect them all. Cannot wait to collect them all, form the Infinity <laughs> Ghost. There are also probably way more Ladies in Red than I covered. Even just the Wikipedia page for Lady in Red has so many different examples of the stories. There's like, there are so many colleges. There are theaters. Uh, the Ghostlight Theater in Amherst, New York has a Lady in Red. There's one in Wrexham Hall in Chesterfield, Virginia. There's one uh, at Wilkes University in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. Huntington College in Alabama the Dock Street Theater in Charleston, North Carolina, like just to name a few. There's just, they're they're everywhere. And I think it's really fascinating how much, like how many, particularly ladies in a red dress crop up throughout ghost stories, particularly throughout the United States. I love seeing, I love spotting themes, recurring themes in ghost stories or just kind of folktales and scary stories in general. And I like latching onto them and trying to figure out what, links them all together and in this case it just seems to be maybe one that red is an easy color to spot so if you see red out of the corner of your eye you're going to notice that unlike maybe a a ghost in a gray dress or even a black dress or even a white dress red is going to catch your eye and also because i think it's interesting to explore what we associate with red and the fact that most women in red have this sort of presumption around them in terms of how they must have died and what their story must have been and that's that
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a thing right. is like in terms of the connecting thread between these stories, um, you know, in the Jungian style, it says more about the people interpreting and collecting the stories. Than it does about the ghosts themselves. Like, we have no reason to believe that these sightings are all related, other than the fact that they all happen to be wearing red. And so the fact that, like, we've drawn this collective narrative around them anyway, because we are just, like, searching for meaning in all of our interactions with the afterlife, is really Mm -hmm. interesting to me. And then the fact that, like, we have looked for these shared histories between them in order to fulfill this narrative is really, really fascinating to me. Um, Because, you know, with anything, you're not going to find a unified... 100% 100% accuracy rate in all of these stories which means that at some point somebody has probably made the conscious or subconscious decision to omit narratives that don't fit that story. And so like oh absolutely. Is the truth that all like lady in red sightings have this common ground? No. Is the reality probably closer to we have collected a surprising number of stories that have this commonality. And so now we are looking to reinforce that bias? Like, probably. But it's still really interesting.
1: Oh, absolutely. And the human brain loves patterns. It sure do. Like, yeah, we make things out of patterns that are not patterns. So it makes sense that that would be sort of the case. And yeah, this is just consider this my follow-up to Women in White. And like I said, part of an ongoing series, collect them all. (laughs) Ghosts in different colored outfits. Love it. I don't know. I'll probably do Ladies in Green next. Or Green Lady is how they're often referred to. It's it's interesting how you see that variation, too. Nice, but, nice, 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 nice. Yeah, like, I've noticed, like, a lot of these are called the Red Lady, which does, at this point in time, make me think of Melisandre from Game of Thrones, but that just is what it is, because she is the Red Woman. That's the only thing I'll say about the dragon show on this on this podcast. That's it. No more. So anyway, that's my ghosts for today. <laughs> and uh, Alex, do you have any fun announcements for the people?
0: Oh, well, I mean, I guess we should say um, the live show is going to be on July... Yeah. 6th. Sorry. July 6th, it's a Saturday. The show will be starting at 5 p.m. We are sharing our show we're being opened for by a campaign podcast, which is a really, really phenomenal podcast. If you haven't listened to it, it's an actual play of an original system that takes the music of the Decemberists and sort of weaves into this collaborative world-building story about sky pirates. It's really, really cool. And that is hosted and run by our very good friend James D'Amato over at The OneShot Network. So they are going to be sharing the bill with us. If you want to hear a live skyjacks show that's your chance to do it and then we'll be on after them so mm-hmm. it's going to be at stage 773 in chicago which is a very very cool venue i'm very excited about it's off of belmont avenue so pretty easy to access by public transportation um if you've never been to chicago don't worry it'll be very
1: easy to find
0: both chicago and the theater <laughs>
1: I love Chicago.
0: I love Chicago, too.
1: Do you know when tickets will be on sale? I've had several people ask me about it. I'm working on it.
0: I'm working on it. We have to work with their box office in order to, like, sell tickets directly through them. So it's just a matter of, like, working out that information and then getting their ticketing information so we can get it out to everybody. But um, it is a very small feeder. I think it's about 70 seats. So tickets are... I don't know how quickly they'll go. We've never done this before. So we didn't know how many tickets we could realistically sell out. We're doing our best. Um, But it is a small Mm -hmm. theater, and just be mindful of that. So I guess when you're buying tickets, buy as many as you need, but not more than that. Because we do want a lot of different people to be able to come and see the show. We don't want it to just end up being, like, three groups of people from Chicago, you know? I know there are a lot of people who are looking to come from out of town, so... um, you know, thank you so much for your excitement for this. I know that already in our Patreon Discord server, there is an entire channel dedicated to like people trying to make travel plans for the live show and like catch up together. Um, I'm really, really excited. It's going to be a great time. We have some time and space set aside for us to like catch up with people after the show too. So don't worry if you come, you will get a chance to say hey. Um, at least to me, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but...
1: No, yeah. No, I, I'll say hi. I like to say hi. I like friends. <laughs>
0: I know, but I don't, I don't want to promise anybody else's time or, like, personal attention. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll promise my time. But, okay. yeah, so that's that's the deal with that. Uh, tickets... We'll announce ticket sales as soon as they are out. That's not a problem at all. Um, so you will know about that. Do not fret.
1: And I think that's the only real announcement to make. Okay, wonderful. Not that it's a small one. No. <laughs> so, uh, then on that note... As always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there, Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.